Praise be to God. We are going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, and we're going to read from verse 35 onwards. Luke chapter 18, from verse 35 onwards, all the way to the end, which is 43. Luke chapter 18, from 35 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Luke chapter 18. And I will read from verse 35 onwards. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. We will read this section and we're going to come back to it as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So we'll just continue. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Praise be to God. Now we're going to go back to verse 35. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. Praise be to God. Now the Spirit of God has recorded something important here in this chapter about a miracle that really took place during the lifetime of Jesus Christ. You know, any time any story is written in the Bible, it's a true documentation of what happened 2,000 years ago. So, in this time, during this particular day, Jesus Christ is passing by. But before that, we see there's a man, he was there in that place, he was not aware of Jesus Christ who was passing by. So he didn't know who was going because he was blind. This man is defined by his disability. This man, this blind man, his usual custom was to sit by the road and to bed. That's all he can do because of his lack of vision. 
So someone will come and put him there and he will beg every single time he'll be begging. And so it happened that time when Jesus passed by, he was there as usual, but something different happened. Now, God is speaking to our heart with his hour. Now, when you look at a person, when a person is not able to see, they say, okay, this person can't see. You know, if a person is short, they say this person is short. If a person is tall, they say this person is tall. Or if a person can't speak, they'll say, this person can't speak. They define a person by not what is good about them, but by what is not good about them. This is the world we live in. The world that we live in doesn't define by what really looks good, but what is missing. The first thing that people tend to notice is what is missing. Whatever may be missing in your life, whatever may be looking like it's absent in your life, where people can look at it and you can call you with that label. Oh, this person, and they look at, before they could say whether it's a boy or a girl or a man or a woman, when you see somebody with autism, the child, immediately you know what they said, that kid with autism, not even boy or girl, what do they go by, what they see, even if the child looks very cute, they go by what is wrong with a person. But God is not like that. God is not looking at your deficiencies and calling you by your deficiencies. But he is the Lord God who calls into existence things that are not as though they were. Man can only look at whatever you see on the outside and he will always look at your shortcomings. This is who man is. Man will always look at, when I say man, it goes for both men and women, human beings. When you look at a person, the first thing they will say is, your mistake. You know, when you wear a nice white dress and you have a little stain, they won't say, hey, you're wearing a white dress, but they look at, what is that? People's eyes are prone to look at the negative. People address another person based on the negative thing. This is the culture, this is the culture, this is the society, this is the fallen world that we live in. But God is not like that. God is very different. Even when he sees a negative, even when he sees something that's missing, he says, I come to fill that missing place by calling into existence that which is not as though they were. That means, no matter what God sees, he doesn't go by what he sees externally, but he goes by the worth of our soul. He goes by who we are on the inside as a person. God is speaking to our heart at this hour. There's a reason why it's documented, because it's a miracle that took place here. But this man was identified as a certain blind man who sat by the road begging. What happens here, there is this strategic move of God that was taking place for this man. We have to understand that God who watches every single person saw the heart of this man. Where this man was sitting, he might have heard, he definitely heard about Jesus. Because when you read this passage, you'll see, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he had prior knowledge to who Jesus was, that he was the son of David. And he can heal. God is asking you this question. You don't have to know the Hebrew and the Greek of the Bible. But with what you know, how are you putting that to use? With the knowledge that God has given to you, with the word that God has given to you, are you making use of what God has given to you? 
Now you look at this man, he has this knowledge, his knowledge is, the knowledge that he has about Jesus was, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, he is able to heal my blindness. He is able to take away that which is negative. He is able to take away that which is lacking in me. And he is able to bring something to existence, that which is not there. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. I'll be able to believe that in spite of our circumstance, in spite of our lack, in spite of our negative thing, in spite of whatever anybody may try to say. Do we believe that our God is a God who calls into existence that which is not there at the moment as though they were? That means when something is absent, when you are not able to speak or when your child is not able to speak, are you able to believe that your God is able to cause that tongue to speak? When the brain is not working, do you believe that God is able to call into existence that which is not there in the brain? Even if the part is missing in the body, do you believe that God is able to call into existence that which is not there? Because He is all powerful. He's called the Creator God. He's called the Creator God. And this Creator God, this Word who was in the beginning, he created everything. There was nothing that was made without Him. And this Jesus Christ is passing by. He is coming near Jericho. And at that time, this blind man is saying, again, the Holy Spirit is bringing to our heart something very important. We need to pay attention to the move of God. We need to pay attention to the move of God. Many times, people don't pay attention to the move of God because they are very much into Making what I need to make for today. Oh, let the people say whatever they want to say. Oh, there's a crowd coming. Can you give me more money? Maybe more people, more noise. Maybe I'll get more money today. He was not like that. He was listening. He was listening in his heart. I know that Jesus can do this. Someday he's going to pass by this fire. So I have to somehow get this healing. And he was all ears for Jesus Christ. To what knowledge was given to him. He made full use of what God had put in his hands. Now, so this blind man, in the midst of his disability, you know, we all have problems. There's no one in this world, no matter how rich they are, problem free. We're human beings, we all have problems. We all have deficiencies, we all have lack. And we need God. And this God is a God, he says, my God shall supply, which God? Our God. He shall supply all our needs. Wherever we lack, he says, his fullness will make up for it. His fullness will make up for it. His fullness may, will make up for it. So wherever there is a problem, wherever, wherever there is emptiness, wherever there is whatever that's missing, we need to have this understanding that this blind man has. That even though my disability, or even though my illness, or even though my lack, or even though whatever I don't have, is an established fact on earth that this cannot be changed, this cannot be altered. This Jesus, son of David, has the power to alter the course of nature. He has the power to alter anything. All I need is for him to pass by. When he passes by, I'm going to jump on that opportunity and I'm going to get what he has for me. God's time of visitation is very important for us to understand. There are strategic times and strategic places and strategic days where God will do sudden things, where the Spirit of God will move to do sudden things. Now, when you look at this man, when you look at this blind man, we see here, Jesus was passing by, so he's asking, what is happening? 
I'm hearing a lot of commotion. What is there? Let's just go to the next verse, verse 36. And hearing a multitude passing by. Now, when a multitude passes by, they're not going to be like quietly going. They're all excited. Jesus is going, Jesus is going, and look at Jesus, he's going to do this. And somebody could have said, hey, he did this for my daughter. And they said, oh, he did this for your daughter. Oh, my family member is sick. So everybody will be talking and they're going. And he's hearing a lot of noise and he can't speak. And he's here, he's asking this question. What is this? What's happening? Let's go to verse 37. As he's asking this question, they told him, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. They said, oh, Jesus is passing by. And nobody's like standing and telling a big, you know, uh, a big uh, background of Jesus Christ. Only thing that he heard was, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, let's go to verse 7. Once he heard that this moment is my moment. I want you to take this deep into your spirit. Once he came in contact or became aware of what is happening at that moment, that means this moment is my moment. Jesus is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. As soon as he heard it, he took what he heard and he connected with his prayer knowledge. The prayer knowledge was Jesus Christ can heal. Jesus Christ can do the impossible. So as soon as he heard that Jesus Christ is passing by, which is the current information, okay, this is what I'm hearing. He's really going through this side. He immediately remembered, okay, this God, this Jesus Christ can do all things. He can make all things well. He can do miracles. He's the God of the impossible. So what did he do? He called out to Jesus. Immediately he said, I cannot... Go past this without calling out to Jesus. So he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Right kind of prayer. Because we need the Lord to come and intervene. So he's calling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what he knew? He knew that Jesus was merciful. We need to know who our God is. When we know He's a good God, when we know that when we know that He does all things together for our good and for His glory, we need to understand that any time we go to Him, He is there to shower His mercy upon us. And He said, "Ask, and it shall be given." Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me," said the blind man. As soon as he prayed, as soon as he offered his prayer to Jesus, as soon as he said what he wanted God to do for him, let's go to verse 39, then those who went before him warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. We see here, as Jesus Christ was passing by, this man who was blind, he's hearing about who Jesus is, that he is passing by, and he also heard who Jesus was and what he could do from other people, and he connected that and he said, this is the same Jesus, he can heal, and immediately what did he do? He extended his faith. That's the first thing he did. He reached out to Jesus Christ by saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, what does the statement mean? He says, God, I know that you can open my eyes right now. I know you can do the impossible right now. And he's asking, God, if you show mercy on me, my life will be changed. If you show mercy on me, then everything about me will be changed. What is impossible now will become possible. When you go to God, it is so important for you to have faith and reach out and touch him with faith. And this is what this man did. Yeah, he didn't have eyesight, but you know what? He had faith. There are a lot of people who can have everything that other people may want, but they will not have the most important thing, which is faith in God. 
He had faith in God. And he cried out to God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. After he had prayed, what happened? Immediately Jesus came and healed him. Now, there is something that happened between the time that he cried out to Jesus and the time that Jesus healed him. You see, there is an opposition. Satan moves people. Satan moves circumstances to block you from receiving your miracle, from block you from receiving your healing. So even during the time where you have God moments, even during the time of visitation, where God is about to do something, and even the, the fact that Jesus passed by was ordained by God, because God knew that this man was going to get healed. That was part of God's plan. That God was going to heal him. So according to divine plan, Jesus is passing by because he already had mercy on him. But this man's faith had to make contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. So as he called out to Jesus Christ, you see, Satan who did not want God to be glorified, always remember, every miracle brings glory to God. Every miracle that is performed by God is a testimony to show the greatness of the Almighty God. So Satan will resist every type of healing. Satan does not want testimonies. Satan does not want God to heal people. Satan wants people to stay sick. Satan wants people to stay in bondage. You know why? He does not want people to be delivered because he hates people. God has mercy on people. God loves people. Satan hates people. What more? He does not want God to be glorified. So because he is against God, he does not want people to get healed. So even when God is there, even when there's a God moment, God wants to do something in your life, Satan will do everything he can to move people, to move circumstances, to do everything to block you from receiving your blessing, your breakthroughs, your healing. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. This is where it is very important for you to press in. This is where it's very important for you to get to where you need to in order to get what God has for you. Now, God is speaking to us and He's asking us this question. No matter what opposition comes, from the time you pray, all hell breaks loose. And at that time, what are you feeling? What's the point in praying? You know, there's some people who say, when I pray, it becomes worse. So, better not to pray. You need to understand when you pray, something is about to happen, that's why it's getting worse. Because Satan doesn't want you to get your blessing, he doesn't want you to press in. So if he doesn't want you to press in, what will he do? He will raise up people, he'll raise up opposition, he'll make your symptoms to get worse, he'll get the diagnosis even worse. He'll get everything opposite to what you're praying for. Understand this. From between the time you pray and the time you inherit your healing, the devil will do everything he can to stop you from receiving your healing because he does not want God to be glorified. The more prisoners he has, the more he will boast about himself. Jesus came to set the captives free. Now, we see here, when this opposition came, when the people over there said, Be quiet! He's lying. They had no sympathy on him. They said, be quiet, even though they know that Jesus can heal. Instead of saying, let me take you to Jesus so that he can heal you, they all actually discouraged him. They said, be quiet. Who will say that? Who will say that? When you have the Lord who can give this man sight, who will look at this man and say, be quiet? Who? Satan. People moved by Satan will hinder you from going forward in your spiritual life. Always remember, anybody 
who comes and discourages you from praying. Anybody who comes and says, well, you don't have to pray that long. You don't have to go to church every week. You don't have to attend all the services. And you don't have to pray all the time. Just little bit is enough because God knows everything. It's a warning for you. Those are the people who are telling you, be quiet. Because when you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find Him. And that all your heart is where Satan will come and mess with. When you're praying, pray without giving up. When you're praying, pray with faith knowing that when I shout, I know He hears me. How many of you know that? When you shout, He hears. When you call, He hears. When you whisper, He hears. God hears. So every time you go and pray, Father, this is what is happening with me. How many of you believe that He is hearing while you are talking? Because He is the Almighty God. He says, all our tears are collected in the bottle. Why? Because He'll take vengeance over the enemy for every teardrop that is there. It's not to be put in a museum. That means God will give you back. Give back to you all that the enemy has stolen. It's so important for us to go to the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I need this. This is my prayer request. When he cried out, and the enemy moved people to stop him from receiving his healing by discouraging this man, this man did something opposite. Write this down, those of you are taking notes. Discouragement is a tool of Satan and it can come in many ways. Discouragement can come through people. Discouragement can come through your mind. Discouragement can come through your bodily feelings, emotions. Discouragement can come through whatever you may see. Discouragement is a major tool of Satan to keep you from inheriting your promised land. We see this in the Bible. When the children of Israel were on their way to the promised land, you see a whole bunch of people who got up and discouraged the people of Israel from going to the promised land by saying that what is the point in coming here? You don't have water, you don't have food, and you're going to die here, and there were a whole bunch of people who listened to that. And they did not enter into the promised land. What happened? Whatever was given to them ahead of time, that token that was given, they didn't have the patience to go and inherit it. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. When God has told you something, when God has the power to do something, and there is this moment where He is doing something, where there is a stirring up taking place in the pool of Bethesda, it is so important not to get discouraged. Don't let anyone discourage you. Don't let anyone discourage you. Satan uses people to discourage us. So what are we supposed to do? You know the man, the blind man over here didn't look at the people and say, Don't you see me? I'm already suffering. You are casting more stones on my wounds. And I am bleeding more. And you hurt my feelings. And you prevented me from going to Jesus. Was he talking to those who were talking to him? No. No. It is important to not pay attention to discouragement. Whenever discouragement comes, through whomever it may be, whether it's through your body, whether it's through your mind, whether it's through people, whatever it is, step number one to overcome discouragement is, 
Don't give attention to it. Don't give attention to it. You know who you are supposed to give attention to? The one who can solve your problems. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have a problem and when you're praying at that time when discouragement comes or distraction comes, don't give room to anything that will stop you from pursuing God who can alter the course of nature in your life. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. When you're praying, I want to say the scriptures the Lord brings to me. The Lord says, don't give rest to God until He makes Jerusalem a praise. God is giving you a job to do. If you want to see God being glorified in your life, don't give Him rest. Don't give Him rest. How much more will God not answer His elect who cry out to Him day and night? Learn to be people who will call out to Him day and night because He hears us and every time you call, He answers us. Don't let another person discourage you from getting your blessing from God. They can say a thousand things. Your body can say ten thousand things. Your mind can say hundred thousand things. You can hear noises from all different directions. You can have sights from all different directions. But if your eyes are fixed on what you need to receive by looking to Jesus Christ, like how Elisha did when Elijah was taken up. He was not caught up with the horses and the chariots and the fire. His eyes were on Elijah because Elijah said, when I'm taken up, keep your eyes on me. When our eyes are upon Jesus Christ, knowing that He has told me to do this, if I do this, then I will obtain what He has promised. So what is the equation here? What is God speaking here? God says, you call out to Him. In the middle, the enemy will try to stop you from pursuing God. The enemy will try to stop you from receiving your healing. At that point, don't get discouraged and don't listen to the discouragement and just give in. Don't be a quitter. And don't be someone who gets distracted easily. This man, though he was blind, he had a vision. And his vision was, I will see. Once I come in contact with Jesus of Nazareth, he is merciful. I'm going to ask him to show mercy on me and I will see. He had a vision. He already had a vision. His vision was, I will see, I will see, I will see, I will see, I will see. How many have that vision? How many of you have the vision? Whatever you're praying for, how many of you have the vision that my God will bring to pass that which God has placed in my heart? That every time I pray, I know that I will see it come to pass. Hallelujah. Even if it looks opposite in an hour, I will see it come to pass. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And this man had this. No matter how many people said, shut up and be quiet. He didn't say, you hurt my feelings. And he was not intimidated by them either. See, there are a couple of things here. One is getting distracted, going into side issues. We saw this in the life of David and the men who were there, his brothers and other people. When he said, oh, what will be done to a person who will go and fight against Goliath? And everybody said, what do you think you are? His brother said, what do you think you are? And he did not say anything to that. He went to the next person. This man is doing the same thing. You know why? The people who get what God has for them will not give in to whatever the enemy brings their way. That means they won't get into the trap that Satan has set for them. Well, like you go and start arguing with them. Oh, you know what? You shouldn't have done that. And, you know, why don't you help me? And Jesus would have just gone by. 
But he did not waste his time on talking to people who were discouraging him. And he was not distracted by the people who the enemy was using to distract him from calling out to God. Continue to call out. You know, your calling out has to be until you receive it. Knock and keep on knocking until you receive it. Seek and keep on seeking until you find it. Ask and keep on asking until you get it. So your prayer cannot be, okay, I pray today and after I pray today, that's it, I'm not going to pray anymore. Pray until you pray through to victory. Persevere in prayer. Prevailing prayer is persevering prayer. If you know how to pray, you will definitely receive what God has for you. And you cannot pray without faith. And this is where knowing who Jesus is is very important. If I don't know who Jesus is, then my faith is going to waver. But if I know that He can, He can, He can, He can, He can, He can, that's one point. Number two is, He will, He will, He will, He will, He will. Those are two things we need to understand. When we know He can heal, that means He has the power to heal. And two is, He will heal, that means He has a heart to heal, He's merciful. He wants to do good to me. When we have that established, we can go to him and ask him. No matter the doctor says what, our body says what, you know, our spouse can say something, you know, our family members can, can say something, our kids can say something, our grandparents can say something, our parents can say something, our job can say something, you know, the walls can say something, the windows and doors can say something. Even though the whole earth may shake, Psalm 46 says, I will not be moved because I know who my Redeemer is. Job says, for I know who He is. I know when you know who He is, you can go to Him and keep on saying the same thing like the child who goes and says, Mommy, Mommy, can I get this? 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 Until they get it and they go away. You even forget that you gave it to them. That's like it's off. You'll be working. While you're working, they'll come and ask. Can you get You'll be working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't even remember that you said yeah to them. But they remember that you said yes. And they come to you and you say, Mama, you said this. You say, did I say this? Yes, you said this. What were you saying when you were doing this? That you probably didn't pay attention to them asking. But they caught your words. And what did they do? They came to you and said, you said this. You give me and you end up giving it. Because you said, oh, yeah, I probably did. But our God is not like us. He doesn't forget. He's not doing something while you're praying. He's watching over your day and night. He's listening to every word that you say. Every breath of yours, He knows. God knows. And when you ask Him, when you pray to Him, He hears it. He has the power to do it and He has the heart to do it. So what keeps us from getting what God has? Satan. Satan will come and bring unbelief. And if you partner with that unbelief, you miss what God has. These people didn't have any effect on this blind man. Your surroundings should have no effect on your faith. Negative effect on your faith. The people who are discouraging you should not be able to move you. Don't pay attention to agents of Satan. Don't pay attention to the agents of Satan. Don't pay attention to the agents of Satan. That could be your medical report. That could be your body saying when you're just praying, Lord, take away my headache, take my headache. That's when your head feels like it's going to explode. Then what do you do? Oh, what's the point in like, you know, praying for my headache? Then you start having pity parties. God doesn't want you to do that. Because Satan can work through your feelings. He can work through your sensory organs. He can work through your body. But it's very important for you to keep your eyes on God. And say, Lord, you can do it. Lord, take it in Jesus' name. Pray through to victory. Don't be someone who prays and just stops because 
something is happening and you got distracted. Pray through to victory. He prayed. He said, Oh Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then you have the interruption there. All oh, the people say, Shut up, will you? And you know what he did? He looked at Jesus and he cried out all the more. He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, there I said, Oh boy. We told them to shut up and what is this guy doing? He's screaming even more. What is God speaking to you through this? Not only do you not pay minds to the enemy, do the opposite of what Satan wants you to do. That's what faith is. When the enemy says, you feel discouraged and you feel sorry about yourself and you look at all your reports and you look at everything that's happening in your family and around you and everything and you feel like, oh, there's no hope. And someone says, there's no hope. And, and you say, no, 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 I believe God. God will do it. And then another person says, there's no hope. And then by the time the tenth person says, there's no hope, and you feel like, maybe there's no hope and maybe there's hope and your faith starts to shift. God is speaking to a heart desire. Don't give your ears to the voice of the enemy. And also, whatever the enemy says, speak against it. Learn to be someone who speaks against it. Your word should overpower the word of darkness. Your word should overpower the word of darkness. Your word should overpower the word of darkness. You know there are some people, when you write something wrong, you take a white out and you write it out, right? After you write it out, you need to write over it. God wants you to take that white out and white out whatever negative things that the enemy is bringing to you and write over it what God has spoken. My God is able and He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to bless. He wants to prosper. He can. He will. God can. God will. He can change my family. He can change my situation. He can change my problems. He can make me a blessing. He can deliver me. He can heal me. He can do all kinds of things. So what did this man do? He cried out all the more. He became someone who did the opposite. You're telling me to be quiet? Oh yeah, let me shout even more. And he shouted all the more. Be someone who will go against the tide. Be someone who will do the opposite of what Satan would want you to do. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what does the Spirit of the Lord do? He comes and he lifts up a standard against the enemy. We as God's people, when the enemy tries to do something, you need to do the opposite. Do the opposite of what Satan tries to do in your life. So, you not only don't pay attention to the voice of the enemy, but you speak against what the enemy is saying. You say the opposite of what your body says. You say the opposite of what the medical report says. It's important for you to speak because faith speaks. He cried out all the more. It's because he actually exerted more force. That means he became aggressive at that point. The Bible says, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence taken by force. You want to get your blessing? Learn how to fight. You want to take your blessing? Don't be a passive person. Because no passive person is going to get what God has. Because you will have an intruder. You will have the enemy who will come and fight till the very end. But if you are with him and his powers in you, you will know how to put Satan in his place. How many of you want to put Satan in his place. He's just saying, oh the devil is the devil, the devil is the devil is the devil says, hey, you're praising my name, you're talking so much about me, let me do some more. 
You need to say, every time the devil does, you say, God, this, God, this, God, this, God, this, and he should get your ache. Every time I give you a headache, you start saying, God, this, God, this, and why should I give you a headache? Because Satan is not going to make you promote the glory of God. Learn to shut the mouth of the enemy. The Bible says, Daniel, by faith, shut the mouth of the lion. By faith. Anytime Satan comes against you, learn to speak against the enemy. Don't be passive. In order for you to speak against the enemy, you shouldn't pay attention to the enemy. Because the words of the enemy will scare you. Because Satan is Satan. When he comes, he comes with the spirit of fear. So if you give attention to the enemy, like the children of Israel did, every day they went and stood and they heard Goliath shouting from there. What happened? When they heard his voice, fear went into them. Why? Because they paid attention to Goliath. Don't pay attention to the voice of the enemy, that's number one. Only then you will have the strength to shout against the enemy. So the first step is very important. Don't look at the negative things. Secondly, go against whatever the enemy says. And so, this blind man, he's crying out louder, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Let's go to verse 39. Once he exerted force, and he cried out louder, that means he did the opposite of what the people wanted him to do, to not get his blessing. He said, I am determined to get my blessing. I want to scream even more. When you feel like you can't sing and you feel like you can't worship, I'll tell you, the medicine for that is worship him. When you have a headache, you can't do it, worship him, the headache will go. When your body aches and when you're about to pray, a lot of times it will happen. You do the opposite by seeking God, your tiredness will go. It's important to get up and do the opposite of what your body wants you to do. I want to pray and I want to read the Bible, but I have body pain, so I lay down. If you lay down, what will happen before you know, Satan will lull you to sleep in seconds. Don't listen to the enemy and then fight against the enemy. Do the opposite. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. What caught the attention of Jesus? What caught the attention of Jesus? His screaming. Him crying out to Jesus. Did Jesus hear the first time as he heard? You know what happened with the second time? second time really shows that his faith just leapt over to Jesus. In the midst of opposition, this man's faith was so strong, he just reached out to Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe that you can. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He said the same thing, but he said it even louder. Jesus just stopped. And he said, bring him to me. At that point, no demon, no human can stop you from going to Jesus. It's important for you to do the opposite. Whatever Satan wants you to do, do the opposite. And once God begins to intervene, nothing can come in your way. And when he had come near, Jesus is asking him this question. Let's go to verse 41. Luke 18, 41. What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Two things here. One is faith. You see, faith is so strong. Not only did he call, he's telling Jesus, Lord, I need my sight. Why is he saying that? Because he believes that Jesus can heal him. Because he had faith, he expressed his desire for healing to Jesus Christ. And you know what the other point is here? Faith will never be arrogant. Faith will always carry humility. 
Because God gives grace to the humble and those who are humble will have the faith to receive what God has. That's the formula. If you want to be an overcomer, humility has to be your garment. The more humble you are, the more grace will be given. That means when you're dependent on God, God's grace will be there to live a supernatural life. To bring down to earth that which is in heaven. So the vision that this man did not have came from heaven. And how did he bring it? He brought it by faith, by humbling himself. When Jesus asked him, he didn't say, Well, you see, I can't see. Don't you see? I don't have faith. No. He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. We need to go humbly to God, knowing that he is God Almighty. He wants to, when he can, he can do all things. We need to go him, go to Him, in spite of whatever we may see, in spite of whatever darkness it may be. We know one thing, He has the power to deliver me. He has the power to shut them out of the line. He has the power to quench the fiery dark. He can do all things. I just need to go to Him and I need to ask Him. And no matter what my circumstance may say while I'm asking Him, I'm not going to let that stop me from focusing on Him. I'm not going to focus on my problem. And I'm going to do the opposite of whatever my body may try to do. I'm going to do the opposite of whatever people may try to say. And what happened here? When he said, Lord, I may receive my son. So this is his third step. First step was, he cried, and you had a hindrance. Then he cried all the more. Then now you got God's attention. And then you tell God what you need. Three steps, and it was over. Three times expresses faith, and each time his faith just went more and more and more towards where Jesus was. Verse 41. Luke 18, verse 41. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. What really got the attention of Jesus? His faith. You can do it. What did he have faith in? It's very important before we close. What did this man have faith in? He had faith in the compassion of God. And he had faith in the power of God. He can. And he will. Because he wants to. God wants to do a miracle for you. Because he's good. Because he's compassionate. Satan is evil. Satan is wicked. He wants to cause problems and chaos and tears and suffering and pain. God says, I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. No matter what hindrance Satan may bring, no matter what calamity he may bring, when you go to God, the Lord God who calls into existence that which is not as though they were, He actually brings into existence that which is not there. That's the glory of our loving Father. He not only calls, but He actually brings into existence that which is not there. This man's sight that was not there was given to him because he believed that God had compassion on him. And he believed that God had the power to hear him. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord this hour, whatever your problem may be, we all have different kinds of problems. We all have intense problems in different areas of our lives. Things that may look like it can never be solved. But do you believe that your God is a power all your problems? Do you believe that your God created the heavens and the earth? He is the maker of all things. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? That your God loves you? That He doesn't want you to stay the way you are? Do you believe that? Your God has the power to raise the dead. He has the power to heal. He has the power to 
mend the brokenhearted. He has the power to set the captives free. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? He can make all things brand new. Do you believe that? He loves you to do the impossible in your life. Do you believe that? When you believe, God can. And when you believe that God will, you too, like this blind man, will receive the impossible from the hands of our loving Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That we don't go by what we see. We go by what God has spoken. We go by what God has said. Hallelujah. Whatever God has spoken, it will come to pass. And whatever God has not spoken, but He has it in His heart and He's waiting for you to speak. Welcome to that. When you speak God's word. Hallelujah. When you go and speak like how this blind man spoke. You will receive just the way the blind man received. Hallelujah. There are things that God will come and tell you that he's going to do. And there are things that God has in his mind. But you need to go to God. And you need to speak his language. You need to go and speak his language of faith. You need to go to him and say, I know you want to hear me. And I know that you can hear me. I know you're a merciful God. I know you're a merciful God. I know you're a merciful God. Hallelujah. And I know that you can because you're a powerful God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we all stand up together? Hallelujah.